0: This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on Sirius XM.
1: From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School,
0: this is Dr. Dawn on Careers.
2: Dr. Don on Careers, your personal career coach on Sirius XM Business Radio. Hey, we are on channel 132. If it's Thursday noon Eastern, we are live right now at 844-942-7866. Thursday, phone lines are open. Your personal career coach is in the house. I'm Dr. Don Graham, and in my day job, I lead career coaching for the executive MBAs at the Wharton School. I'm also a licensed psychologist, former corporate recruiter, and author of the book Switchers How Smart Professionals Change Careers and Seize Success. We have Dana and Dion in studio all hours. So if you are thinking 2020 is your year to make more money, get a new job, or catapult your career to the next level, we are here all hour long at 844-942-7866. So, okay, January is the year of thinking about changes, and a lot of people make New Year's resolutions with that thought in mind. But here's a sad fact. Um, just 7% of all U.S. adults stuck to all of their 2019 New Year's resolutions. 7%. Pretty dismal. Here's the other thing, though. January 12th has been marked as the date that most people report failing at keeping their New Year's resolutions. So if you still are doing it at this point when you're listening to the show, then guess what? You're doing better than the average. But don't get too excited because Valentine's Day, there's another huge drop-off. But what if What if you could keep those resolutions? What if you could make those changes? A lot of those changes have to do with health and exercise, but a lot of them have to do with your career. So today's show is all about You, If you are looking to do something different, if you're in a toxic environment and need to get out, if you're thinking you need to get a promotion, a raise, it's way overdue but have no idea how to get started, or maybe you just know you do not like what you're doing right now and want to do something different but have no idea what that is, we are here for you all hour long on Dr. Dawn on Careers at 844 Wharton, 844 942 7866. The phone lines are open right now. So get in queue so that we can help you to kick off 2020 and gain some momentum on your goals. So, Dion, do you have a New Year's resolution? Are you a New Year's resolution kind of guy?
1: Um, was it two years ago I said I was going to cook more? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with that again.
2: <laughs> Interestingly, <laughs> one in eight people have the same resolution year after year. So, Dion, you are you are that stat. So you're yeah, going to cook
1: a, one. I'm a statistic.
2: All right, here's what I'm going to say. If you're one of these people who carry over your New Year's resolution, chances are something's not working for you.
1: <laughs> Clearly.
2: So, okay. Is it your kitchen?
1: My kitchen's great.
2: Your kitchen's great.
1: Yeah, I, I got I got a, a nice new backsplash. It, it looks great. Yeah.
2: Okay, but that doesn't help with cooking. It, um, it,
1: it looks good, so it makes me want to be in there.
2: Okay. Okay. Fair. What about your your tools, pots and pans, um, knives? I you... mean, I've,
1: I've got a set.
2: Okay. Okay. <laughs> so it's not the tools. What's what's getting in the way?
1: Um, it might be the time. I, I, I leave here a little later than, you know, like I, I usually, I think I usually get home maybe around like 730 or something. Mm-hmm. I try not, I try not to eat too late. So like my cutoff is usually I try to make it around like nine, mm-hmm. but then you're cooking and then like you're eating right up to nine. Like I, I, I want to <laughs> eat a little earlier.
2: Okay. Okay. So what about weekends?
1: Um, Weekends are usually okay. If if I'm if I'm not working like if I don't have a show or something because like shows are bad because <laughs> I'm getting in at like two a.m. it takes up like my entire day I'm not cooking anything
2: yeah when DN's talking about shows he's talking about you tell them what you're talking about you're not talking about this show
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm a drummer
2: he's a drummer he's a drummer ladies and gentlemen okay so what about those all in one kits that you can base <sighs> no okay I,
1: I I got a um a gift card for Blue Apron once. Mm-hmm did never used it i don't know it uh I- <sighs>
2: So here's my deal. Here's my deal with something like this. My sense is that this isn't so important to you that you want to make changes in other areas of your life, which is is a good example for today's show because we hear so many people want to make a change, but what they really want is the result. So I want to be healthier, but what they really want is to go down a size in their pants. Or I want to go to graduate school, but what they really want is to figure out what they want to do and they think graduate school is going to be the way to do it. So if you find that you've got a career goal that you are not meeting, give us a call 844-942-7866 because often there's a reason beneath it as to why you're not doing it. Another big reason people don't accomplish something is because it's misaligned with their values. So here's the deal. A lot of people don't spend time considering what their values are, but Typically, your values are what you live out every day. They're your guideposts. So if, if health is a value, chances are you're already incorporating things into your life that support that. If family or relationships are a value, chances are you're already incorporating things into your life that support that, such as making sure you're home on time for dinner with your family or making sure that you are investing time in those relationships. So the question is if you're not doing something, you have to discern is it truly one of your values that you have just stepped away from because maybe work got really busy or you had something else unexpected in your life? Or is it really something that's just not important to you, but you're feeling like it should be. Should. If there's a should anywhere in your statement, I should drink more water, I should make more money, I should. If you're shoulding, then it's probably not something you actually are committed to doing. And more often than not, it's something that society or family or others are pressuring you to do. Hey, 844-942-7866. You're listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers. And it is open calls all hour. It is the new year. A lot of people are planning for a great career year in 2020. And if you are, we want to hear your goals. Sometimes just saying them out loud and committing to somebody is super helpful in getting you over that hurdle. So if you want to commit to the nation call us and dr don on careers and then we will hold you to at 844-942-7866 or maybe you just have no idea where to get started you know you need to make more money you know that you need to get out of the environment that you're in you know you're in a career that is at risk for being taken over by technology or just going away because of changes in globalization or the economy. If you're in this position, do not wait. Do not wait to have your hand forced to make a change. Give us a call at 844-942-7866 right now so that we can help you get on the path to success in 2020. So I have to come to you, Dana. I have not asked if you make a New Year's resolution. This is this is your first January on Dr. Dawn on careers, so I, I don't know if resolutions are part of your background. So
3: I don't really believe in New Year's resolutions, but I will say that I guess one of my goals um, is about gossip like to stay away from gossip and talking about other people and that's something i'm trying to be more mindful of going forward
2: i don't see you as a gossiper
3: i'm not but i find that oftentimes like school pickups and people are talking you know oh did you see that i just i feel like i'm just trying to not partake i feel badly after and just you know switch the mindset
2: yeah, so that's that's an interesting one because um there's actually been been studies done that that gossip can actually bring people closer at work and build um you know relationships, but that study aside in general most of the studies talk about it being being a negative on many levels. But but the point that I bring up about that one study is I think it's why we feel as humans so compelled to sometimes join in because we all have a need to belong. We all have a need to be accepted. And so I think it's kind of, a, it tugs at a human need that we have. So it's tough to stay away from it. So how are you doing that, Dana? Do you walk away? Do you change the subject?
3: I mean, I guess I just don't add to it, right? So I'll listen, uh-huh, you know, and just sort of not give anything more to the topic. So not, I mean, it's new. This is new, right? So I'm just starting, but I feel like I just don't want to add to something and then I feel badly later about it because like I don't really mean that and,
2: you know, that kind of thing. Not fueling the fire. Exactly. Yeah, I love that. So switch gears. So measurement. So we know one of the important things about goals is measurement. How do you know, Dana, that, that you're making progress? Oh, that's a good question.
3: Um, I guess I know that I'm not making progress when I successfully don't fuel the fire and, you know, walk away from the conversation or just don't add to it. Yeah. So you're feeling better. You're feeling better. Yeah. You just feel, you, you know, you walk away and you're like, okay, good. I didn't
2: partake in that conversation. And exactly awesome. Hey, 844-942-7866, do you make New Year's resolutions? If you do, how you doing? How you doing? It's mid-January. Are you keeping them? Are you finding that you have no idea where to get started or you thought you did, but it's just not turning out the way you thought? Give us a call 844-942-7866. So one of the things I do, I tend not to make resolutions per se, but what I do is I plan for what an accomplishment I'm going to do this year. So when I Wrote my book, that was the accomplishment. That actually, Dion, took me seven years. So, you know, you <laughs> it, it was on the list several times. But, the fact is it just, you know, that was one of the things that I wanted to do and I wanted to make sure that I got that done. So last year it was a TEDx talk. That was my focus. That was my goal. And a lot of times we think about how do we do this and sometimes we have no idea. So we, we put a plan in place and we have to divert because it's not working or because it's not getting us where we want to go. That's not a reason to give up on your goal or your resolution because let's here's the deal. We're all gonna mess up. And if you take a black and white thinking approach to this, it's a it's a cognitive distortion in psychology that, oh well, I, you know, I I didn't want to eat sweets, but I had one cookie, so I might as well eat ten cookies. This is where you're gonna get defeated. So make sure you give yourself a little bit of room for latitude, for, you know, a slip up and then get right back on. Be very cognizant. That's a big part of making changes in your behavior. Hey, 844-942-7866. You're listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers. Got a question but can't call in right now? You can always tweet at Dr. Dawn Graham. We're going to go to the phones with Erin in Canada. Erin, welcome to the show today. What's on your mind? Thank you.
0: I am ready for a career change. I'm not passionate about what I'm doing right now, and I'd like to go back to university and become a lawyer. But what is stopping me is I'm 42 years old, and I'm nervous that I won't be accepted, I won't be allowed in, I won't be as smart as the other students because I've been out of university for 15, 20 years.
2: Okay, so let's back up. First off, congrats on, on making a change and getting some ideas about how to get started. But before we even get to law school, um, how did you decide that this was your path, Erin?
0: It's something I wanted to do 20 years ago. And I changed my mind and went into chemistry just because there was a need for chemists. And I just kind of followed the status quo. That's what's needed. That's where you'll get a job instead of following my passion.
2: And do you know a lot of people who have gone to law school and are working in the field as an attorney? Uh, No, I don't know a lot, a few, but not a lot. And the reason I ask, I'm not trying to derail your, your dream, but I'm just saying a lot of people go back to school as a way to figure things out, and it can be a very expensive way to figure out your next step. And often people start to go through the path and realize, mm, maybe this isn't what I expected. So do you feel that it would be helpful for you to talk to some people who are practicing attorneys to understand what that career path is, or do you want to just go back to law school regardless? <laughs>
0: I want to go back to law school regardless.
2: Okay. So let's then address the issue that you called about specifically. You're worried that going back to school after being out of school for a period of time will come with a lot of challenges. And here's the deal. I think it, I think it will come with challenges, Aaron. I think you're very, very wise to be thinking about some of these things. Let's face it. When you've been away from school for a while, the real world is very different. And studying, test taking, all of these things that, that you maybe at one point in time were very comfortable with are going to feel a little bit different and you're also worried about age. So I think some of the things we could do is check out these assumptions. And have you done any research around, there certainly is data out there about what the, the mean age is, but my sense is that there are more people returning to school, especially something like law school, after a period of time than you might think. So is there any way for you to find out that data? Are you targeting a specific law school?
0: Um I am I'm hopeful for a specific law school but I'm not making it my only one. I'm keeping my options open.
2: So one of the things I I think would be really helpful is to look at the the top five, top 10 that you're looking to apply to and actually go on a visit, go talk to the admissions counselors, go ask, you know, are there other students in my position who've been out of school for 20 years and are coming back to do this? And can I talk to some of them? What are some of their challenges? Do you offer any resources to help them? Because I know having um, worked at the executive MBA program here at Wharton for several years, we have students of all ages. And this is a, a concern because our mean age is around 36. And when students come back who are significantly outside of that that range, they have these same concerns. So what we do is we have them talk with students who are sharing some of their, their similar, whether it's demographics or concerns. So my thought is, There are probably many people who've gone through this path who the universities that you're looking at will be happy to put you in touch with so that you can understand how they accomplished it, what some of the challenges they faced, and what some of the resources they used to get past this. Is that something you can do, Erin?
0: Yes, and I really like that idea, actually.
2: Yeah, we we talk a lot on Dr. Dawn on careers that clarity comes through action, and a lot of what's bouncing around inside of our head like a pinball, pinball is are things that we that we kind of make up. Our brain is designed to protect us, so anytime we're making a change, that change comes with risk, and anytime our brain perceives that, it dreams up all of these barriers and obstacles because it wants to keep you safe. And by safe, it's it's. Keeping you where you are in the status quo. So anytime you're making a change, your brain's going to whip up all these ideas that are scary. Oh, I'm not going to fit in. Oh, it's going to be too hard. I'm the only one who's ever done this. There's no way I'm going to get through. I'm going to fail out. And you already heard those voices, and you've made it. You've taken a step to say no, no. There's got to be more to it than this. So good for you, Erin for checking out those voices. Do that research, and if things come back and you still have questions, call us back. Dr. Dawn on Careers. We're here every Thursday at noon, 844 942 So Erin, we wish you all the best of luck, and we look forward to hearing your success. Thank you for giving us a call today. Hey, you've got a question. You've got a fear. You've got something in your head. Your brain is a little trickster. Let's just talk about this. So I as a psychologist, have learned a lot about the brain, and it has helped me so much. And Erin's situation is, is very typical, and it has nothing to do with how much courage you have or fear or, you know, if you're, if you're manly or any of that. It's none of that. It's the brain is trying to protect you. It is a function that has probably served you well in a lot of situations, maybe not so well in some others. But here's the deal. It is always going to pull you back to the status quo. It's always going to pull you back to the the place that it feels safe. And any change, whether it's a New Year's resolution, whether it's a new goal, whether it's trying something for the first time is going to cause that brain to light up like a Christmas tree and just say, wait, 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 don't do it because this could happen, this could happen, this could happen. And of course, all of those things could happen, but the chances of them happening, one, are probably pretty slim and two, probably have a solution. So if fear, if fear is getting in your way, if fear is what's holding you back from taking a step forward towards what you want to do. Then quiet that brain. And if you're not sure how, clarity comes through action. And so take a step. Take a small step. You don't have to take a huge step. In Erin's in case, she just has to make a few phone calls and talk to people about what their experience is like. You know, you'll learn from this data and you can incorporate it. And once you have a solution, one of my favorite tricks to do when I'm really worried about something is to imagine the worst case scenario. And I have a great imagination. I watch a lot of horror movies, so my worst case scenario is usually pretty bad. And then I come up with a solution. I come up with an idea of how I could possibly solve it, solve or salvage this situation, whether it's at work or a personal situation. And once I do that, it is amazing how the fear dissipates because if you know you can handle the worst case scenario – then your brain can't trick you anymore. It can't it can't um, tell you that this isn't going to work out. 844-942-7866. Do you have a goal for 2020 for your career? Are you just ready for a change, but maybe there's something holding you back. Could be lack of information. It could be fear. It could be that you just have no idea what that first step is. We want to hear from you. 844 942 7866. Six. So interesting about New Year's resolutions, aside from the fact that by the end of the first month, more than two thirds have kind of gone to the wayside. Very, um, very, there's a lot of data out there about this stuff, and one of the things that I think can be really scary is the fact that most people don't actually achieve their New Year's resolution. So I want to talk about this and and kind of get away from that language and talk about it in terms of goals. Talk about it in terms of looking at your career for the new year and saying, what is it that is going to be helpful to me? And interestingly, there's a lot of information out there that says the job market is is strong and that's great that's great the CEO of Randstad Global Businesses said that 2019 was marked by steady gains in job creation and today's numbers indicate that the labor market has entered 2020 with a lot of strength but if organizations want to sustain this growth through 2020, they have to start reskilling their workforce to keep up with the pace of digital transformation. And we know that some organizations are doing this. They have started to reskill, to help employees move around functionally to different positions. But if your company isn't proactive about helping you to reskill, then you need to drive this process yourself. And there's so many ways that you can do this. You can you can certainly uh, return to school like Aaron's doing. You can just take a class to dip your toe in the water. You can get involved with a project at work that helps you learn about a different department, helps you meet different people at the organization, helps you think differently about how you serve your customers or how the inner workings of the company are are coming together to make the company successful you can take corsair you can learn a program and maybe you think well programming has nothing to do with my job but sometimes it's these skills that you take on that have absolutely nothing to do with your core work that give you creative ideas or help you figure out what your next step is but here's the thing i want to tell you for 2020 do not wait for your organization to reskill you do not wait for them to drive your career because they've got a lot of other things they're trying to pay attention to and as much as it would be great if your boss or your team is considering your career development more often than not they've got their own problems and their own challenges that they're facing and you need to be the one to take initiative now you may be able to negotiate some financial help from your company to take classes or do other things But I don't want you to wait till it's too late because what we know is that automation is taking over a lot of jobs. What we know, our new industries are coming out and changing the way old industries work. And the worst thing that can happen is that you feel like you're forced to change at a time that doesn't feel like the right time for you. So get ahead of it. Get ahead of it. We know it's happening. We know the market is shifting. We know the the uh, globalization and technology is impacting a lot of jobs. And you are not powerless. You are not powerless. You get to choose what you want to do to make yourself marketable and employable. And if you have a question about how to do that, give us a call. 844-942-7866. You're listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers And we are here all hour live on Thursday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Taking your calls 844-942-7866. Hey, did you miss it? Last week, we talked with ex-FBI interrogator and best-selling author Joe Navarro. And he talked about a lot of things that impact your career related to body language, specifically during the job search. So... One of the things he brought up was the most telling part of your body language, which Hint, hint, it's not what you think. So if you want to find out what that was, you can go to Dr. Dawn on Careers on iTunes and Google Play and subscribe so you don't miss another episode. One of my favorite tips from Joe was that if you want to build trust quickly in a new relationship, whether you're networking or interviewing or you're in sales, is to use the same language that people use. So, for example, if your client or your network contact is talking about their family don't change those words to say your spouse or your children but use that word family because it automatically makes the person feel more bonded to you you want more great tips like that you can check out dr. dawn on careers we have over 200 episodes on itunes and google play 844-942-7866 and we're going to go right back to our phones with carol in massachusetts welcome to the show carol what's on your mind today Hi Don, um, I'm calling about how do you fight back against over credit like
0: credital, I guess accreditation. Um, I have a job which I'm very good at. I get great reviews, but looking at the midterm future, I'm probably going to be required to get a master's degree to th- to do this job that I'm already doing.
2: So this is something your company is implementing, or is it the industry? Yeah. Well, it's
0: it's a, probably a bit of both.
2: So, tell me a little bit about what what industry you're in and where this came from, because I kind of want to dig into it a little bit, but mm-hmm. I need some more details.
0: Yes, so I work in healthcare, and right now my state does not require. Um, I'm a, a clinical instructor. Um, my state does not require clinical instructors for nurses to have a a master's degree. Um, but looking down the pike, this is where where everything's moving towards.
2: So it's it's interesting because um, healthcare obviously is one of those booming industries that they're they're never able to find enough people for. So it, it would yeah. seem strange to me that there there's going to be a time in the near future where they're going to be able to put that or enforce that because, you know, we have a shortage of nurses to begin with. So so that's interesting to me. Um, And I, I would think it's more of a would like to have versus a need to have. I think the other thing that, you know, when you talk about fighting back, One of the things that I know in psychology that they do a lot when they make changes to the credentials is grandfathering in. So if you were in a profession for a a period of time, then new requirements may or may not apply to you. So I don't know if that's an option. To use that as an argument that yes, when I got into this field, this was not a requirement. But I would I would believe that it would be pretty difficult to enforce that when there's such a shortage in your field. Now, if you told me you were in a field that was that was kind of you know dying a slow death, then this could be a helpful way to keep you competitive when the jobs are shrinking. But I don't see that happening. So I'm wondering um, in your uh, I'm assuming that you, you don't want to move out of the state. So if you're sta- – I'm, I'm guessing, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, well, no, but actually looking at other
0: states, um, it would be a definite requirement. <laughs> so it seems like I'm kind of get, getting boxed in a little bit that if I want to to, to move, I'd be less um, – I'd have a less of a chance.
2: So that's, that's good to know because here's – What I'm going to uh, commend you on one you're seeing what's happening you're paying attention you're not putting your head in the sand and you're saying look I'm seeing this all around me and what is my next step. So let me ask you what is your hesitation with getting a master's degree. Um, money and time. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the, the common ones. So if, exactly. if it's becoming a requirement, is there any opportunity for a tuition reimbursement plan with your employer, even if it's spaced out over a number of years? I mean, you know, it's not like you have to take two years off these days to get a, a credential. A lot of times you can do it online. A lot of times you can do it, um, you know, two classes a term versus Leaving your job and having to go full time are any of those options for you, Carol? Uh, possibly,
0: but it's also a, a, this is very frustrating that uh, i i I don't think it the degree would help me inordinately. like would it help me some? Sure, a little bit, but it's just that frustration that that pushback of. Why should I do this when I'm already you know getting really good reviews in my current performance?
2: <laughs> yeah, it, I totally hear what you're saying. it's and and here's what I'll say, and I think every employer, especially in a nursing, field would agree that practical experience is way more helpful than what Absolutely. you're Absolutely. Yeah, if, I, if you were my nurse and you told me, well, I just got out of two years of school versus I've been doing this job for 15 years, I, I would I would prefer the latter. Let's just <laughs> if you're going to do a medical procedure on me. Um, so, so I think I think most people would agree with that. But here's the challenge. If it's a state requirement and you're seeing that more and more states are going to require this credential, even even though the market is in your favor, Carol, the question becomes, um, how much longer are you going to be in this field? And are you willing to roll the dice that that if you're going to be working for five or 10 more years that you can ride this out without it impacting you? So that's the mm-hmm, question. Absolutely. And how you, how do you feel with your odds in that respect? I think it's it, it's g- going to become an inevitable Um just a
0: matter of uh, when do I pull the trigger and actually start paying for this
2: yeah and here's the other thing Um, a lot of companies give uh, the standard tuition $5,200 a year and I know that's not a lot when it comes to education costs trust me I know Um, but (laughs) a lot of times we have people call in who are also Concerned about a degree because they never went to get their four-year degree, and they're finding it really difficult to get a job. And sometimes, you know, just taking the first step to say I'm, I'm, I started taking classes, and even if you're doing it at a snail's pace, one class a term, two classes mm-hmm. a year, that should something happen in your job where they say a master's is required going forward. You know, the fact that you're you're enrolled could be helpful in that moment. Even if you know personally based on your finances and time that in all likelihood it might take you five years to, to complete that degree. Absolutely. So yeah, so so this is a common this is a common issue in terms of people who are are in a position where they know their market and their industry is changing and they know they see the writing on the wall and the question becomes now what do I do? And I think you're going to be better off getting ahead of it even if it's taking one class or two classes a year than ignoring it and keeping your fingers crossed that it'll go away. And I'll tell you why because the time and money, while well, I know that's huge, that's huge. I'm not going to deny that. There, there's that cost. But then there's the constant worry cost that you'll be carrying yeah. with you every time you hear somebody say that or every time it pops into your mind. And that mental energy cost can be just as expensive. And it sounds like it's that's already so starting to weigh you down or keep you up at night. Yes, it is. And And, you know, and it's like, hey. The second you enroll in one class, whether it's an online class or, you know, I I think if you notice a significant shift in your anxiety, then I think that is the right thing to do because there's a lot of different costs in this world and the mental ones are just as costly as the physical um, and financial ones so Carol, we thank you so much for calling. We wish you all the best, and um, I have a feeling that once you once you matriculate into that first class, you're going to feel a lot better that you are doing what you need to do to reskill and protect yourself in the industry. And here's the deal: all industries are changing. It's not just healthcare; it's technology. It is it is pretty much every industry is now touched by technology or globalization or something, and they all are changing. And we have two options: we can ignore it and look the other way and hope but yet gets get get our sleep disrupted and and our anxiety through the roof or we can say i'm gonna address this i'm gonna i'm gonna do what i need to do and it's a little bit painful but the opposite of ignoring it that that can be not only painful in the moment but painful when you find that your job no longer exists hey 844-942-7866 you're listening to dr dawn on careers oh my goodness we have to go to our pre quiz, dion quiz there's a quiz? So, this building has the most toilets in the world. Ha! Huh. Think you know? 844-942-7866. Important fact. Um, Dan. you get to think about that. This building has the most toilets in the world. Hey, you're listening to Business Radio. Sirius XM 132. This is Dr. Dawn on Careers. I'm your host, Dr. Dawn Graham, and we will be right back. You're listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers.
0: On Business Radio.
2: Welcome back to Dr. Dawn on Careers, 844-942-7866. Hey, if it's Thursday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, we are taking your calls all hour long right now. It is open calls Thursday, 844-942-7866. Hey, if you haven't checked out my new website, Dr. Dawn on Careers, I... How's everything I've done there? All my free blogs, Wharton quick tips, my TEDx talk, everything you could possibly want to know about careers, switchers, and everything in between. That information is free to you. So check it out, dr don on careers.com. So we are talking today about New Year's resolutions. And what we know from the data is that January 12th seems to be the big drop off day. And they actually pull a lot of data on New Year's resolutions. So they actually have the the best states. For keeping resolutions and the worst states for keeping resolutions. So Dion, this is not the pre-break quiz.
1: <laughs> I knew you were going to ask. Me. I know,
2: but like, um, you know, what do you think the best state to actually keep their New Year's resolutions?
1: Best Would... state to keep a resolution? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Oregon.
2: Why Oregon?
1: Um. I've I haven't been there, so this is just a complete guess. Mm -hmm. But I'm assuming there's not much to do.
2: (laughs) So you have no excuse. Phone lines are
1: about to light up.
2: Oh boy! If you live in Oregon, (laughs) call Dion. Um,
1: So you can focus more (laughs) on your resolution.
2: Okay. Well, that I, I don't know if that's true. And Oregon is not. But if going with that. That reason. The top one is South Dakota. The second one is Alaska. Yeah, I think I think my reason is right. So, so your reason could be right. <laughs> so, what do you think the worst state is?
1: Going off of that reason,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, the and, opposite. And,
1: I'm gonna say New York.
2: Yeah, it doesn't. That reasoning kind of falls short when oh, you flip. <laughs> it, it doesn't. I so uh, yeah. No, New Mexico apparently, um, and Tennessee and Indiana are the top three For worse, I have no idea what this is even based on. And you know, hey, but anyway, if you're in one of those states, give us a call because we can help you keep your resolutions for 2020 844 942 7866. So, we know from the data that exercise and a healthy lifestyle are among the top goals for changes in a new year, but New jobs, more money, and learning new skills are also up there on the list. So do you plan to return to school? Are you thinking that this year's a year to change careers? Doesn't matter what your goal is, but we do know is that all new year's resolutions require a level of change which the brain interprets as risky brain wants to keep you where you are. And if you're looking to make a change, your brain is going to give you a lot of reasons why it doesn't make sense because it wants to keep you safe. So one of the ways you can make changes in your life is just to start taking daily risks. And one of my favorite things to do to kind of keep my brain on on edge a little bit is to do one thing differently every day. You're going to be shocked if you implement this tip because it will change the way you approach risks. It'll change the way that you solve problems. It will help you be more creative. Do one thing differently every day. And what I mean by that is not something necessarily major. Maybe it's that you go to a different gas station than you normally do. Maybe it's that you sit at a different place at the table than you usually do. Maybe it is that you brush your teeth with your non-dominant hand or sleep on the other side of the bed or watch a different news channel. It doesn't matter what it is, but when you start to train your brain To get out of your habits. And a lot of our habits, let's just face it, we walk through life and we don't even, sometimes we don't even realize how we got to work. We just open our eyes and we're at work and you don't remember a thing on your walk there because you're so distracted but when you change one thing do one thing differently every day it doesn't have to cost money it doesn't have to be huge it doesn't have to impact anybody else maybe it's how you you dress maybe it's the way you do your hair maybe it is the order of things you do in the morning it doesn't matter but your brain starts to become more malleable your brain starts to realize that hey I can change things and it does not create a life or death situation. And if you want to take more risks in your life, if you want to be more creative, this is one great way to do it. Hey, 844-942-7866. Hey, speaking of risks, maybe you are hesitant to make a call to the show because, hey, let's face it, speaking on national radio can be a little bit scary. So maybe that is the first risk you take today is picking up that phone and betting on yourself. Hey, you can use an alias, make up a location. You could be asking for a friend. Have fun with it. We always have fun on Dr. Dawn on Careers every week and we want you to join us in that fun. 844-942-7866. So some other reasons, speaking of habits that we don't Often fulfill our goals or make the changes that we want to are because we have been deceived. I'm going to tell you, we have been a little deceived. We've heard things in the news like if you do something for 21 days, it becomes a habit. Uh, Not true. But boy, would that be awesome. And that if you replace one habit with another habit then that will automatically become the new normal. Mm. Depends on what the habit is, but that often doesn't work. And just because something's a SMART goal, you know, SMART being specific, measurable, uh, achievement-oriented, results- and time-sensitive doesn't mean, again, that you're going to fulfill it. So we, we use these different techniques, which can be very helpful, But the key is finding the technique that works for you. Maybe it's an app. Maybe it's a process. Maybe it's a buddy. One of the things I love is motivation pairing. And so for me, if I want to watch a movie, I have to be exercising. And that's just the way it goes. So if I want to watch a movie, I got to get on the treadmill. I got to get on the exercise bike. I got to to do something. And once you start that process and you start that motivation pairing, you'll be surprised how things that you really enjoy doing when you pair them with something that eh, not so much becomes more of a habit in your life. So that's one thing. The other thing that I think people underestimate when they're trying to make a change, is the role your environment plays. The environment can p- be a huge factor in preventing you. So for, so maybe you want to eat healthier, but your spouse always has cookies and cakes around. I mean, it makes it really difficult. All of us can eat healthy when when the the cookies aren't in front of us. It's a lot harder when they're right there staring at you in the cabinet at 10 o'clock at night when your body's like, ooh, cookie. Um so here's the thing, those around us don't want us to change because that means their world also changes and I'm not saying people are out there actively sabotaging your changes, but let's face it, if you're trying to eat better, you go into the office, oh, it's so and so's birthday, you should eat a cupcake, you know, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard enough to do it without that that Um, influence in your life. So you have to be cognizant of your environment. What can you change around you that will help you with your goal? If you're trying to read more books, if you're trying to uh, work out and you, you know, oh, you have a spouse who's like, oh, it's cold. You don't want to get up and run today. You know, you need to work through these things because it's hard enough for us to change ourselves without some of these other things Keeping us back. So consider if you're not doing what you want to do, if you're not following your goals, if you're not implementing the the habits that you want, consider changing your environment because that can be a big factor. Hey, 844 942 7866 You're listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers. We're talking all about how to make your 2020 goals a reality. So if you've got a question about step one towards your new path, if you have a success story about implementing a change into your life that, and you want to help others, give us a call, 844-942-7866. But right now, we need to answer our pre-break quiz. Dion. Yes? What building has the most toilets in the world? <sighs> <laughs>
1: Um, so it's got to be a building with a a, a lot of people.
2: Yeah. And I have a reason for asking this question, which I will share after.
1: That means my answer is probably not right.
2: No, it it could be.
1: Um, I'm going to say Dallas Cowboys Stadium.
2: Okay. So you're close. You're, you're very close. It is a stadium. I was was
1: thinking stadium. Right. It is
2: a stadium. So that's good.
1: I did have another answer, but I'll, I'll, let, I'll, let, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll Dana. let Dana go. You
2: I mean, know,
3: we've given you a huge hint. You know I'm way a off. I was going to say a hospital of some sort. So a stadium. What stadium has the most... In the world. Remember, world. I don't know.
2: <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I don't yeah. even have a guess in my head. Ch- trust me, Dana, that would not have helped me either. A stadium yeah, in the world. I, I don't right, even great. know. Sta- yes.
3: Let, let's hear it.
2: Okay, it's Wembley Stadium. That's what I, that was my other answer. <laughs> Say, okay, that I was nowhere near I, I was, I was my answer. It was between
1: Wembley and, and Dallas Cowboys Stadium. <laughs>
2: I'm gonna give it to Dion because like the fact that you came up with stadium that that's okay, so just as a point of reference, it has two thousand six hundred and eighteen bathrooms and it holds ninety thousand people. Which means that there is one toilet per 34 people I did this math beforehand because we do not do math on the show no we don't but here's my beef here's my beef with with not with stadiums but one per 34 is way better than airplanes and here's here's I, I, I've been doing some research on this because <laughs> no I, I'm gonna tell you I've been on eight flights in the last month eight count them eight and you're really upset
0: about
1: I it. am a little upset.
2: <laughs> I'll tell you why, because eight flights is a lot of flying, and I mean, obviously, at some point, you're going to need to use the bathroom, and here's what I've learned. The, the Every single flight was very specific about, you cannot use the front bathrooms if you're in economy. Of course, I fly economy. So... This kind of ticked me off because there's always a line for the bathrooms in the back. And, you know, first class, there was never a line. At one point I asked the flight attendant, look, can I, there's nobody in that bathroom. <laughs> and the flight attendant actually sympathized with me and, and said, sure. But then the head flight attendant said, absolutely not go wait and line in the back. <laughs> I love this. Okay. But, and so I did some research on this because I was like, this is wrong. Um, so a couple of things over the last few years Airlines in general have have one in 40 one to 40 ratio of bathrooms. but to increase their profits, they have learned they took out a whole bathroom and put three more seats in. So wow. then the ratio went to one to 43 on average. But now that they're being so strict about this, you know whichever <laughs> class you're in, we know that if there are three bathrooms on a plane, they're not distributed equally. There are two for the economy passengers, me, and then um, one per, say, 16 for the first class. So so us an economy, it's a 1 to 86 ratio. And I have a problem with this because That's pretty bad. I think that, that it's really not a good idea for people to be lining up and blocking the aisle in the back. I mean, for multiple reasons, just because... You know, somebody paid probably four times as much for a ticket. Anyway, I also, <laughs> I also learned that there are no regulations in the U.S. for the number of bathrooms on planes. There's a lot of things about the length of flight and blah, blah, blah. But I will say after these eight flights over the last month and every single One, saying very clearly at the beginning, you are not permitted to use the front bathroom unless you are in first class. I had to do the math because this this became an uncomfortable situation when you're on an overnight flight and there's a line 10 people long to go to the bathroom. But there, there I said it. Hey, 844-942-7866. You're listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers and uh, we're starting a petition about increasing the bathrooms on airlines. No, I'm kidding. But here's my advice to you. Go before you leave and um, skip skip the free water because it's only going to make you feel worse. 844-942-7866. Hey, we're talking all about New Year's resolutions and something we don't always talk about when we think about what do we want to do for the New Year? What are our goals? What are we going to add? So maybe we want to add more exercise or maybe we want to drink more water or maybe we want to get more sleep. That's actually another very, very popular New Year's resolution. Um, what we don't often think about is what to stop doing. So we have this list of all the things we want to start doing. We want to read more books. We want to take more classes. We want to get to the gym more. But one of the things that really gets in the way of us succeeding with the things that we add to our plate is not dropping things off our plate. Because the fact is we all have 24 hours. And if you're going to add two more hours to your sleep, if you're going to read a book a week, if you're going to take a Coursera class to learn how to program, and you're going to get to the gym three times a week, then you're going to have to let something go. So here's my, my thought to you. If you're not meeting your goals one of the things you want to do is is put things on what I call your kill list. So what is your kill list for 2020? What are those things you are going to stop doing so that you have more time to take the steps and actions you need? to fulfill your goals. So, um, this is what we call traditional speed rounds. So Dana and Dion, I don't know, I didn't warn you about this, but. You sure didn't. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but you all need no warning. You've been on this show long enough to know that speed round is very fun. So I have a list of things that that I think um, people can put on their kill list that will help them free up more time for the things they want to do. My first one is uh, social media surfing. Bam. So I was in Antarctica for a few weeks over the holiday break, and there was zero internet. None. Zero. No Wi-Fi. At first, I, I think I had a few panic attacks, but then it was glorious. I realized I read four books. I um, got to know my shipmates. It was wonderful. And you just realize how much time social media surfing gets in the way of accomplishing your goals. Dion, what are you going to kill in January?
1: Um, I can kill some online shopping.
2: Ooh, I didn't know you were an online shopper. Yeah, I don't Where do you I don't, buying? I don't, I don't
1: do many stores anymore. <laughs> Where
2: do you buy it out there? Stuff. Stuff.
1: Yeah, Dana got me on Amazon Prime, so I'm oh, yeah, just it's buying dangerous. Just random, random stuff. Totally Dion dangerous. makes
2: cufflinks. <laughs> oh, oh. This is true. I, uh, this is five true. years I never knew that. <laughs> All right, good to know. Dion cufflinks. Dana, what are you going to kill? Cooking. Oh, well I'm, well, I'm not cooking anymore. I cook, well, they don't like it. It's a waste tendon think- is cleaning, done. <laughs> Done cooking. I think you two need to form a partnership. <laughs> is done cooking. Dion wants to do more cooking. I, I see an opportunity there. I see an opportunity. Uh, Netflix binging. I'm just going to say, if you're going to Netflix binge, and I know, I know there's a lot of good things. The Oscars are coming up and all that stuff. If you're going to Netflix binge, motivation pairing. I'm telling you, get on the treadmill, walk while you're watching it. The time will pass, and you'll get your 10,000 steps in. Um, what else can you put on your kill list? Uh, let's see. A lot of people say they want to eat healthier, so they're not going to eat sugar. But, Here's the deal. It's really difficult to just say, I'm not going to eat sugar. So, when you're thinking about what to kill, you need to be more specific. You need to be more specific about what. Maybe it's soft drinks. Maybe it's just baked goods. Think about being more specific. But hey, what's on your kill list for 2020? You can tweet us at Dr. Dawn on careers and let us know. Because hey, if you don't free up space to create more time for the actions you want to do to make you move closer to your goals, it's not going to happen. So think about what's on your kill list so that you can make 2020 your best year yet. Hey, you're listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers, Sirius XM 132X. Every Thursday is open calls here on Dr. Dawn on Careers 12 Eastern. Don't have SiriusXM. You can always listen to our episodes on iTunes and Google Play. Just subscribe to Dr. Dawn on Careers, and you can get all the episodes that we've done over the last five years with great career tips to make this your best year yet. Hey, thank you, Dana and Dion. You guys always make this show so fun. Of course, to all of our callers and listeners, we are here for you every week on Dr. Dawn on careers, and we will see you next time.
0: Business Radio. Please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.